This morning I turn your attention to Psalms chapter 57 and we begin in verse 4. Psalms chapter 57 and we begin reading in verse 4. My soul is among lions. Of course we know David is the author of the Psalms. And I lie even among them that are set on fire. Even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves. Selah, which means to pause, to reflect. He changes gears in verse 7 and says, My heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake up, my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great unto the heavens and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God. Above the heavens, let thy glory be above all the earth. I'd like to speak this morning on this subject. Praise your way out. Praise your way out. Why don't we lift our hands and just praise him right now. Lord, you are high and lifted up. Your glory fills all the earth. You are exalted, Lord, over every fear over every circumstance, over every uncertainty. You are the mighty God. You are the everlasting Father. We give praise and glory unto you, Lord. For you are great and greatly to be praised. We lift our voices unto you today. In the sanctuary of the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. You may be seated and thank you for standing. David, the psalmist David, wrote the psalms while he was uh, forced to hide in a cave as Saul, King Saul, and his men were chasing David. Of course, this was out of uh, jealousy, but also out of fear. Uh, King Saul knew that the favor of God was upon David, so he was afraid of him. And because of that, he became very aggressive. What is interesting is the process that David went through as he writes this psalm. He begins by talking about uh, the dilemma that he is in. My soul is among lions. I lie even among them that are set on fire. He starts to talk about the aggression, the, the tremendous uh, pursuit, the uh, anger, whose teeth uh, are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. And in verse 5, he begins to do what he's always done, and that is to praise the Lord. So he says, Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. But then he goes back to his present dilemma. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They've digged a pit before me into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves. He, he sort of goes back and picks up where he started at the beginning of this psalm. But then he pauses. And when he pauses, you can see he changes gears. 
he decides, wait a second, I'm not going to just give God some sort of obligatory, cursory praise, but I'm going to change my mindset. And he pauses, and then he says, my heart is fixed, or my heart is steadfast. I believe for you and I to praise our way out, there are three specific principles that we can lift from this passage of Scripture that I think will give us a road map. The first thing that you and I have to do is that we have to fortify our faith. You have to fortify your faith. Even though circumstances are working against me, even though I've got uh, enemies that are encamped about me, even though I'm facing adversity, I'm facing uncertainty, circumstances that are out of my control, things that I can't explain. Yet I know that the Lord is bigger, that the Lord is greater, that the Lord is higher. He is high and lifted up. And sometimes you have to just make up in your mind, I'm going to worship the Lord this morning. My heart is fixed. I'm not going to waver based on unfortunate circumstances. I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to worship the Lord this morning. I know there may be troubles waiting on me when I go out that door. But for a little while today, I can lift up my voice. I can lift up my hands. And I can say, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. I'm going to trust Him. I'm not going to wait until things are resolved. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do it now. Because my heart is fixed and my mind is made up. I remember one time when I was a young adult and I was going through a time when I felt like the enemy had surrounded me and I was isolated. And I can remember uh, feeling like the walls were closing in. And I'm sure fear uh, was a part of all of those feelings. And I remember during that time reading a book that was written by Max Licato, a book that was titled When God Whispers Your Name, a great book. And one of the things that the author says uh, in that book, that in a time of trouble, stay connected to the vine. Stay connected to the vine. And as I begin to think about that statement and what it meant, I found myself praising the Lord. It seemed like it was a turning point for me on a personal basis because as I begin to praise Him... I begin to feel freedom come in my spirit. Not because my troubles had dissipated, but because my heart was fixed. Because I was determined, I'm not going to die on this hill. I'm not going to die in this dilemma. I'm going to come up out of this thing. And the first way that I can come up out of it is to make up in my mind. I'm not going to lose out. I'm going to stay connected to the vine. I'm going to stay connected to the church. I'm going to stay connected to the Word of God. I'm going to go ahead and fortify my faith. And when you begin to praise Him, I'm telling you, your resolve will return. Your strength will return. And you'll begin to rejoice that God is a faithful God. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I begin to rejoice in the revelation that God is faithful, that God is still in charge, that God knew my name. I just had to get a firm grip 
on what I already knew. And I had to express that. When you get caught in a prison of fear or uncertainty, the natural reaction is to question. The spiritual reaction is to praise. Even John the Baptist in his waning moments, sitting in a prison cell, waiting for his execution, he sent messengers to Jesus asking, and we pick up the narrative in Matthew 11 and 3, and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? This was John the Baptist who had preached, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. I must decrease that he must increase. He is the one who was the forerunner of Jesus. But yet, in this prison, fear overtaking him, the uncertainty of what tomorrow would hold, he finds himself questioning, did I put my faith in the right one? Are you the one that should come? Or should we look for another? In other words, if you're the one, why am I still in this prison? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things. John had sent messengers to Jesus. And when they came with that question from John the Baptist, the Lord sent them back with these instructions. Show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Jesus tells them about the miracles. What he's telling John is you got to keep praising God and thanking him while you have breath. Focus on the mighty things that have been done. Don't focus on your own prison cell, but lift up your head and lift up your eyes. And even though you're in a prison, you can worship God wherever you are. I come today to declare to this great congregation, it doesn't matter what situation you're in. You can lift your voice and bless the Lord, oh my soul, and you can praise your way out. You did the right thing, John. Don't second guess yourself. Behold, the blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The leopards are cleansed. None of these things happened before Jesus. You did the right thing, John. Don't let your faith falter now. Fortify your faith. When you go through trials, the enemy will whisper in your ear things like this. What good did all that church going do for you? As you sit in a hospital room or you sit in the midst of a family crisis. Those are the thoughts that will come into your head. What good did all that praying do for you? What good did all that sacrifice and obeying the word of God do for you? It doesn't look like it's going to help you any. And those thoughts will come into your mind. But you got to turn your persecution into praise. I said you got to turn your persecution into praise. you got to turn the attack into adoration unto God you got to turn your trouble into a testimony like David did. I'm going to bless the Lord anyhow. I'm going to pause for just a moment and I'm going to gather myself and say, but wait a second, though I'm in a cave, he's on a throne. Though I'm in a prison, he is the mighty God and there is none that is like unto him. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When the children of Israel came up against Jericho, the Lord instructed Joshua and Joshua instructed the people, we're going to march around the walls. We're going to do what? We're going to walk around the walls of Jericho. Okay. We're going to do it once a day for six days. Well, we've done a lot of walking to get here. What good is it? I mean, you can just imagine if they didn't verbalize it, there had to at least be some questions. Okay, we'll walk around the wall six times. Then after that, we charge. No, on the seventh day, we're going to do it seven times. Okay, we're going to march once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, we're going to march around it seven times. Okay, and then after that, what are we going to do? We're going to shout. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but if I was a part of that group that was receiving the instructions, this is the thought that would come into my head. Is it possible to shout on the first day? <laughs> if it's the shout that's going to do it, let's just go ahead and get started on the first day. No, we're going to shout, and then the priests are going to blow the trumpets. What's going to happen then? The walls are going to come down and then we'll just take the city. Okay, so we walk one dime a day for six days, seven days, seven times. We get to the end. If we have any breath left, we're going to shout. And then the, trees are, the priests are going to blow the trumpets. That's right. Oh, and by the way, and Joshua kind of adds this. Until we get to the end of the seventh time on the seventh day, I don't want anybody talking. It's in your Bible. He told them, for seven days we're going to be marching, and I don't want anybody talking. In other words, we're going to march 13 times in one week without anyone saying a word. That's right. Okay. Why? Because for 40 years we've been marching in the wilderness, and you're mumbling and grumbling has kept your forefathers out of taking the land. I don't want you talking yourself out of a victory in seven days. So until we praise Him, don't say anything. <laughs> oh, sometimes you got to just quit talking. Sometimes you just need to get off social media. Sometimes you just need to put your cell phone aside and say, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I've talked enough about it. I'm going to start praising Him now. Woo! Hallelujah! He's pretty, pretty solid with his instruction here. Joshua 6.10 Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout, then shall ye shout. So as they begin to walk, the people up top are, are just like tormenting them. What do you think you're doing down there? You're just walking around in a big circle? You think that's going to make these mighty walls come down? What are you guys, a bunch of sissies? Come on, fight. Probably things, people throwing things off the wall. And those guys are marching. And they have to hold their peace. Got to hold their peace. We're on a mission. 
God's given us an assignment. Come on, we just got to get through this one more day. And the next day, somebody's throwing hot oil off the top. Somebody else is doing something. Persecution, persecution, persecution. And all of it, they had to hold their peace through the whole thing. Because you can't fight fear with fear. You can't fight anger with anger. You can't fight persecution with persecution. You got to just let that praise well up in your spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Because there's going to come a time for you to lift up your voice and shout. And when you do, walls are going to come down and obstacles are going to be removed and sickness is going to be cured. Oh, my friend, you can praise your way out. You don't have to talk yourself out of a miracle. You can praise your way out of a dilemma. Oh, yes. I know Joshua couldn't risk them grumbling while walking. But there comes a time, ladies and gentlemen, when you and I have got to praise God in the face of fear. And when we love Him more than we love our own security and our own comfort, praise is going to come up out of our heart. Praise is going to come up out of our mouth. When we say, God, I love you more than I fear this trouble. I love you more than I fear this dilemma. I love you, Lord. You are high and lifted up and your glory fills the whole earth. There is a praise. There is a shout that's going to come forth out of the camp of Israel. Out of the mouths of God's people. Fortify your faith. The second thing we must do to praise our way out is to prioritize your passion. Prioritize your passion. 1 Samuel chapter 18 Verse 6 says, and it came to pass as they came. This is after David had come back from killing Goliath. And now they're all, the armies are marching victoriously into the city. It came to pass that as they came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women came out of all cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabrets and joy and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played. They answered one another as they played and said, Saul hath slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Some of the questions that some of the ladies probably had for the other ladies was, Who's the new guy? Who's that other guy that's up there with King Saul? We know Saul's won many battles, but there's a young fella there with him. And the women shouted out, Saul hath slain his thousands, but David hath slain his ten thousands. He's killed one guy. But there was such a, an exuberance in their spirit. When there's an exuberance in your spirit, praise is not always logical. It just comes from a heart of appreciation, a heart of enthusiasm. And they said, Saul has slain his house. I mean, they had to holler it because, you know, they had all kind of music going and people shouting and dancing. But Saul had slain his house. But David is ten thousands. The, the praise was not for David alone for killing the giant. It was also for King Saul. But the praise for King Saul was more obligatory. They had to do that. He was the king. They had done that over and over and over again. It was part of the ceremony when they returned from a victory. But the praise for David was not out of obligation. It was out of enthusiasm. You and I can come in the house of the Lord and we can kind of give God customary, obligatory praise. But then there comes a time when there's an exuberance in your spirit. 
You don't even have to be in the house of God to do it. You can be in Walmart or Walgreens or Target or wherever you... Publix, where you shop for groceries. Aisle 4. Clean up on aisle 4. There's people in aisle 4 that are dancing and worshiping the Lord. Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus... I'm not worshiping Him because somebody's making me do it. There's nobody holding a gun to my head. This is what I choose to do. The Lord has been good to me. The Lord has brought me a mighty long way. I will bless the Lord at all times. It is possible to praise more than one entity. It is possible to feel adoration toward more than one person or performance. When we go and we enjoy a play or a concert, it's customary for uh, people to stand and applaud. They even do, you know, curtain call where they, they come back out and all of that. That's customary. That's a part of our society. But there will always be the highest praise. While all of us may feel strong about things that we love and maybe even sports teams that we support, there has to be the highest praise. And sometimes this is why I believe that when we come into the house of the Lord, we can't use our customary appreciation like we would a performance, a concert, or a ball game and just clap our hands. I believe that when you come into the house of the Lord, it's more than applause, it's worship. And you can't just worship God with clapping of your hands. You've got to use your voice. I said, you've got to use your voice. I'm worried about a whole generation of young people that are being raised and they're going to church services and they don't say a word, but they just clap like they're at SeaWorld and a sea lion has just done a flip. God don't have to do a flip for you. He's not waiting for your applause meter. He's the mighty God. That's why you ought to shout unto Him. You ought to use your voice and express adoration. You are the mighty God. There is none that is like unto you. Yes, I'm in trouble. Yes, I'm dealing with fear and disappointment and hurt. But my God is great. Woo! Hallelujah! Bless the name of Jesus. Come on, you ought to take 30 seconds. Use your voice. Use your voice. In the name of Jesus. You are high and lifted up. There is none that is like unto you, O God. You are the mighty God. You're the everlasting Father. You sit upon the circle of the earth. There is no other name under heaven. Highest praise is praise that comes more from revelation than feeling. Let me say that again. High praise is praise that comes more from revelation than feeling I worship him because I know he's the mighty God 
I don't always feel worship. But I always know worship. God is greater. Praise is never static with one object of our affection. Praise is competitive. When Gregory and Luke, our twin sons, were about five years old, we were riding in the car and Luke said to me, Dad, you are really lucky to have such wonderful sons. And I said, yes, I sure am. He said, Dad, you have twins and not everybody has twins. I said, yes, God really has blessed me with two wonderful sons that look just alike. And then he said, Dad, not only do you have twin sons, but you also have Luco the superhero. (laughs) And I said, wow. And it was quiet for a moment. And then Gregory, my other son, said, and I can wink with both eyes. <laughs> Gregory knew that Luke could not wink it with either eye at that point. So he reminded him with just that little statement that if he was a superhero, Gregory was even greater. Everything in your life competes for your attention. Everything in your life competes for your heart, for your passion. That's the world that we live in. And I don't think that you have to hate life to love God. I just think praise for God has to be greater. You may enjoy other things in life and and appreciate talent, appreciate beauty, but oh, my friend, all of those things... uh, cannot be your master passion. There's got to be something inside of the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl that says, oh, God is greater. I'm going to give Him my highest praise. I'm going to prioritize my passion. And I've come to this conclusion that I love God more than anything else. I love God more than my trouble. I love God more than my success. I love God more than my family. I love God more than my possessions. I love God more than my job. you got to get determined with your heart that your passion for Him is greater than the very breath that you breathe. Sometimes we have to praise and say life has slain its thousands, but God has slain His ten thousands. We say, Lord, we praise You and adore You, but we also love our lifestyle and our cars and our homes. We love our leisure and our families. That's great. Nothing wrong with that. But the praise for God should ascend. It should climb. It should grow. Because praise is either growing and gaining ground in your heart, or it is slipping and losing ground in your heart. I was driving home from the hospital just a few days ago, and I was thanking the Lord for how He has been working in a miraculous way in more than one life. And I was thinking about the several miracles uh, that I had seen even in the last few days. And I said, Lord, I I, I love you more now than than I ever have before. And it seemed like the Lord just put this thought in my mind. It's not enough to just feel passion in your heart. You have to express that passion. I said you have to express that passion. Which brings me to the third point this morning. And that is you've got to 
express your love or express your praise. When you express your praise, it takes it to a new level. It's one thing to just think that God is good. It's another thing to say God is good. Valentine's Day is coming up, and I'll just give you men a little hint. I know you've been married for 30 years, but love expressed is more powerful than love remembered. I've heard the old timer say, I told my wife when I married her that I loved her, and if it changes, I'll let her know. That, that may have worked in 1953, but I don't think that's going to work in 2023. It'd be good for you to express it somehow. Your love for God should grow. It should grow in correspondence with the expression of that love. Oh, that's why I believe the Bible says that as you see the day approaching, the day of His second coming... We ought not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I'm so glad that all of you are here today because it's an expression of your love that you got up and got dressed today and took a shower, combed your hair and got in the car and came down in the midst of a rainy morning and said, I'm going to go to the house of the Lord because I can't wait to gather with God's people in God's house. Hallelujah. I believe you ought to praise Him more now than you did when you were first saved. If you used to worship God when you were first saved, you ought to exalt Him now. If you used to sing of His glory, you ought to shout of His glory now. If you used to clap your hands, you ought to lift your hands now. Let the praise of your heart, let it grow, let it grow, let it grow. If you used to glorify Him, you should magnify Him. If you used to march for Him, you ought to dance before the Lord. If you used to love Him, you should adore Him. My praise for God is expressed in the midst of the battle. Not when we've already experienced victory. Because this is where real joy is found. Do you know the first place that joy is mentioned in the Bible is when these ladies offered praise to King Saul and David. It's the first time that joy is ever even mentioned in Scripture. The next place that joy is mentioned is when David was installed as king. And all the people came up, First Kings 140, after him. And the people piped with pipes and rejoiced with great joy so that the earth rent with the sound of them rent or split literally the cacophony of all of this lifting up of their voices and the joy there was still division between judah and israel at this time when they appointed david as king over judah but that was not going to stop them from giving praise to god the peril drives your praise even higher and the expression of that praise brings joy in the middle of the journey you say, I don't feel like I've had any joy lately, Pastor. Praise your way out. I said, praise your way out. Because as you begin to worship Him, fear will begin to fade. Praise will begin to ascend. This is why Paul and Silas were able to praise their way out of that prison. 
in Philippi in Acts 16. Yes, they were afraid. Yes, they were in prison. Yes, they were uncomfortable. Yes, they had been falsely accused. They haven't been given proper due process. And Paul, as Bishop Myers was saying this morning, was, was a Roman citizen and they couldn't put him in prison without having, as it was in our day, a hearing within 24 hours. And so there was a process and, and they just assumed that they were just a, a, a couple of radical preachers. And so they just threw him in prison and told the guard that if they escape, we're going to take your life. It was a peril. It was a prison. It was a profound problem. But in the midst of it all, they put them in the inner prison with their feet and their hands and chains and stocks and there being that restriction instead of feeling sorry for themselves. They said, why don't we go ahead and have a worship service right here? We can have church in the prison. Oh, hallelujah. I thank the Lord for our prison ministry team that's going into the prison and having church in the midst of prison. Last week, nine were baptized in Jesus' name. 111 were in attendance. Why? Because somebody said, we can find joy in the midst of any situation. I don't know what prison you're in, but if fear has tried to hold you captive, I say today, praise your way out. Uh, there's some pause in this audience. Uh, there's some silences that are in this audience uh, that says, hey, in the midst of this prison, I'm going to worship the Lord and God will send deliverance. Uh, God will send victory. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Oh, I feel a confirmation in the Holy Ghost that the Lord is going to break open some prisons right here, right now. You don't have to wait not one day further. You can begin to praise Him right now. There's something in your heart and spirit that says, I believe God's got a breakthrough for me. I'm going to begin to lift up my voice. Why don't you step out of where you're standing and come down and stand in this altar? Make your way down. If you can't get to the altar, stand in the aisle. If you can't get to the aisle, lift up your hands where you are. But oh, let there be a shout in this audience right now. Come on, in the camp of Israel, in the camp of God's people, I'm going to bless the Lord anyhow. I'm going to go ahead and begin to praise the Lord. I may not see the end yet, but I'm going to thank Him for the victory that I know is on the way. I'm going to go ahead and praise Him now. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to praise Him now. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to praise Him now.